Hi there, I'm Janine, and you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. On today's show, I am speaking with Dean L. Song Richardson. Distinguished legal scholar and teacher L. Song Richardson is the new dean of the University of California, Irvine School of Law. Dean Richardson is the only woman of color to serve in this role among U.S. News and World Report's top 30 law schools. Richardson was selected after a nationwide search following the departure of founding dean Erwin Chermerinsky. The UCI School of Law is the first public law school in California in nearly 50 years, opening its doors to the initial class in fall 2009. In the short time since then, it has become one of the top law schools in the country, ranked number 21 overall by U.S. News & World Report, 10th among public universities. Richardson has been an esteemed member of UCI's law school faculty since 2014 and was senior associate dean for academic affairs from 2016 to 2017 and interim dean from July to December last year. She earned her JD at Yale Law School and an AB in psychology at Harvard University. With a joint appointment in criminology, law, and society, Richardson teaches and writes in the areas of criminal law, criminal procedure, and law and social science. She serves on the Faculty Advisory Committee of the Center on Law, Equality and Race, and is also a faculty affiliate in the Center for Biotechnology and Global Health Policy. It's my pleasure to welcome to this week's show, Dean Song Richardson. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for taking the time to call in. I know you're very busy. Oh, of course. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I was really impressed with your background leading up to you becoming dean here at the School of Law. And could you tell me a little bit about what led you to, you know, study this field? Sure. So um, first, I'd like to say that it's shocking to me. I never would have imagined that I'd ever be dean of a law school, mm -hmm. um, especially one as uh, special and unique as UCI law is. Um, but how I ended up being a lawyer, I practiced law for about 10 years. I was a civil rights lawyer, a criminal defense lawyer for uh, about 10 years, and then a professor for another 10. Um, and I decided to to become a lawyer after a job that I had in college. Okay. Um, I worked at a place called the Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination. And um, I'm of mixed race background. My mother is a Korean immigrant. My father is an African-American uh, former military officer. Mm -hmm. um, but when they raised me, they wanted to, to shield, I think, from some of the experiences of, of racism that they had experienced. And uh, so I grew up being very sheltered. And then I worked at this Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination. And they opened my eyes to what, what happens in, in society that I had been shielded from growing up. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's really interesting. I actually, I lived in Brookline, and I went to BU for graduate school, so I know oh. all about Boston, yes. Yes, so you know the, you probably know the Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination, too, then. Yes. That's great. Yes. Small world. So what, so what were you doing before that led up to uh, this career in law? Uh, so it was after working at the commission, Massachusetts Commission Against Discrimination. That's, that was in college. Mm -hmm. That's when I decided that I wanted to become a civil rights lawyer. Um, and uh, so, so that's why I, I entered law school. But before that, uh, before college and law school, I took two years off. And I ended up living in southern France working as a nanny. Ooh, wow, that's completely opposite. <laughs> I know, it was such a wonderful experience, but to tell you uh, the truth about it, I wanted to go, 
And my mother kept saying to me, Song, you can't go. You can't go alone to a country where you barely speak the language. Like, you just can't go. And the more she told me I couldn't go. You wanted to go. I, the more I wanted to go. Even yes. though she hadn't said that, I probably wouldn't have gone. Interesting. <laughs> Reverse psychology. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the story of my life. <laughs> It is so <laughs> I funny. I tell her that now. It's like, thank you, Mom, because that was one of the best experiences. Um, I, I still I still remember it. I almost didn't come back for law school. I, I loved it so much. How interesting. And you did not speak the language. I spoke very little. I took college um, French, mm-hmm. but it was as if I didn't speak it when I got there. And so I went to school um, and took French language classes while I was there and then just practiced speaking French with the two children Um that I was taking care of. <laughs> That's wonderful. You know, I find it um, always very fascinating when I speak with women who have a lot of different paths, and I think those there's never really very many mistakes we make. I think they all lead up to something um, long-term that's a, a big picture kind of thing because you have these different experiences, and they shape you. You're at, I could not agree with you more, and it's something that I, I say to students when they sit down with me and they want to... They have a plan for their future, and they want to sit down and figure out what are the steps I need to do to get to where you are or to get to where I want to be. And, and I always say to them, if, if, I had, if you would ask me when I was in college or in law school whether I'd be the dean of a, of a, of a school <laughs> of law at some point in my life, I would have said, I would have laughed about of it. Of course. It's yeah, so you're absolutely right. It's like taking advantage of opportunities that are presented to you and, and saying yes to those opportunities and just doing what you feel passionate about, and it leads you places you may not ever have imagined, yes. just as you, as you say. And sometimes the timing's not right. I remember I studied um, TV and radio at uh, Syracuse University, the Newhouse School, uh-huh. and I was too shy to go into radio, and it wasn't until I moved here that... I said, this is something I have to do, you know, and, and it's okay to, to, um, to put something, you know, on the back burner and revisit it. I, I think I couldn't, uh, really, I, I couldn't agree with you more. No, I, I feel exactly the same way. I mean, I could not speak in public. It was one of the most interesting, just like you, right? Yes. I was very shy. Too. Oh, yes. Um, couldn't do it. And I, I forced myself to to learn how to do it. And now I speak to my students who can't speak up in class because I say to them, I was just like you. And they can't believe it, I bet. They can't. Right. <laughs> they, they can't. Just yeah. like I bet people don't believe that you were so shy that so you couldn't shy. have your own radio show, no, right? No, trembling. I mean, I, I remember being in graduate school and having to present and being very, very nervous. And I tell my teenage daughter, you will get through this. It's like a beast inside of you. You have to overcome and fight that insecure beast, and you will break through. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's so inspiring, I think, for someone like your daughter to see you, right? Even though I'm sure she has a hard time imagining that there was a time right. you wouldn't have believed you could do this. No, I kept telling her when I was 16, having to give a presentation was the worst thing imaginable. My friends used to say, who are you up there? <laughs> That doesn't seem like you, but, you know, um, we go through phases, and I think it's great to challenge ourselves. I completely agree, and that, that's part of the joy of life. Right. It's continuing to grow and challenge yourself and try new things and find out you can do it and, right. and then keep pushing yourself. I yes. mean, that's, that's one of the joys, I think, of, of, our, of, of, growing. of our lives. Right. So I want to ask you this. What does it feel like to be the only woman of color to lead a top 30 law school? 
wow, no pressure. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think I, really what I, I feel is lucky, um, so lucky that I had um, so many wonderful mentors in my life that helped me mm-hmm. uh, end up here as the dean of such a prestigious law school. I mean, they, my mentors are the ones, it's like you and I just talked about, my mentors are the ones who over the years would push me to say yes to opportunities um, and help me proceed, you know, confidently into, into these new, new ventures. Um, it, it was the same thing uh, be, uh, with becoming dean here. I mean, the Howard Gilman, mm-hmm. our chancellor, Enrique Lavernia, our provost, uh, Erwin Chemerinsky, our former dean. I mean, they were incredible supporters of me and, and really gave me the confidence to say yes to do this job. Well, I, I hope to do the same for other uh, people coming up, like, right? To, yes. Like I've always done for students yeah. and like you've done uh, to people, especially your daughter. Yes. Like showing them by your example that you can't, you can do this. If you get these opportunities, say yes to them yes. and, and take on the challenge because part of a, a lot of this is about showing up when these opportunities present themselves. Exactly. I feel like, um, you know, there's probably a lot of things that students and staff don't know about you. And I, I read that you're an incredible pianist. Um, do, do people it know was. that? <laughs> well, is that, that something? That was, uh, that, that was mostly my mom. Oh, really? To, to practice <laughs> all the time. Yeah, so I traveled uh, across the world playing the, the, the piano as a classical uh, pianist. And I... I realized just how many doors that opened up for me, mm-hmm. just being able to experience different cultures and um, and, and get used to performing. I mean, and, yes. and working really hard and making terrible mistakes, but keeping right. It's like, but 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 not letting that stop you. I mean, that's, well, that's what good. I think being a performer makes you do. It makes you be nimble. Um, and uh, so so that's part of my background. But uh, I also love roller coasters. Ooh. Right. <laughs> Anything. Right? Adrenaline rush. Like, yes. I'm an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> you are. So what do you do in your downtime? Just roller coasters? You run off to Disney? Oh, I, so Disney, you know, the, the rides at Disney aren't challenging enough. enough. Okay. I'm disappointed in the rides, actually, at Disney. <laughs> Cedar Point in Ohio, um, like, they have great rides. Like, that, that's what I'm really? talking about. Really? Wow. Um, whitewater rafting. I mm-hmm. love doing that. Uh in my downtime, I love eating and cooking. <laughs> That's good. You got to take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So. so I told you earlier the name of my show is Get the Funk Out. Yes. So would you say, you know, the things you just mentioned, they help you stay sane and calm and deal with the ups and downs that you face? I think so. I, I think that the adrenaline rush that I get from, from thrill rides helps me to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I do is I... I love reading mysteries. Really? Like, uh, that is my escape. So if, yes. I, if I just need an escape, if I just need to clear my head and just just focus on... Another world. Exactly, yeah. right? I, I love science fiction, but it's been a long time since I've read um, science fiction because I've just gotten um, into the world of mysteries. Mm-hmm. Uh, Louise Penny is one of my favorite authors, and she writes about this tiny little town, mm-hmm. a made-up fake town uh, in, in uh, Canada, mm-hmm. um, and she creates this world 
with an Inspector Gamache who lives there, and it just takes me away. Like, I wish this place existed. Oh, I love this. I would be there right now. I'm going to have to look her up. Town with a beautiful bookstore, incredible bistro. Mm. It has horrible crime scenes. <laughs> <laughs> but besides that part... <laughs> besides that, it's great. <laughs> it's great, exactly. You know, I have to the share... I'm a criminal defense lawyer. The crime part doesn't bother I, me. <laughs> I think that's great. You know, I find that uh, writing is a great escape. I took uh, screenwriting here at UCI, and um, either whether you love to read or you love to create, it's a great form of diversion. What a great idea. I never thought about that. It is, because you can create your own world, right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And the more... I've been here at KUCI over 10 years, and... Just, it's incredible how much goes on at this university as far as, you know, different events and people that come in and just how it's expanding and growing. And it's such an exciting place. Um, Tell me what makes this law school unique for students coming in. So I think part of it is what you just mentioned. I mean, UCI itself and Chancellor Gilman have done such an incredible job of making sure that the school itself is leads and not follows, right? Mm -hmm. Like, we don't follow other schools. And and that's what the law school is like. And so when we created ourselves almost 10 years ago, what our mission was, one of our primary missions, was to ensure that we prepared our students for the profession they were entering. So we have an innovative and different first-year curriculum where every single student has an opportunity to, or excuse me, curriculum within the three years where every single student has an opportunity to represent real clients. But when they get out um, and graduate from law school, they are already uh, poised to, and and not intimidated by, um, meeting real-life clients and dealing with real-life situations. So that's part of what makes us unique. Another thing um, that makes us unique and uh, over and above preparing our students to practice law is the fact that we have a unique culture that's very collaborative and supportive. Um, I remember my law school, and I went to a great law school, but it wasn't that, right? Whereas you come here and it's palpable yes. how much people enjoy each other, support each other, collaborate with each other, help each other. I mean, that's what our students are like. That's what our faculty's like. Um, and it's part of our, what we want to teach our, our students, which is you can fight hard, you can say what needs to be said mm-hmm. in, you know, in situations, you will speak out in the face of injustice, but you can do all of that and still be a nice person. Well, that's what I was going to ask you, is what are some of the attributes of a successful law student? Because when I think about, you know, characters and movies and the law, the people in law, sometimes they're very challenging, they're very difficult, but I think you can look at it another way. Yes, I, I, I completely agree. And so you do work hard, right? And you want to win as a, as a lawyer, and, and you want to be the best lawyer in the courtroom. And I, we train our students to be all of that. But I also think the thing that doesn't get portrayed much on television when they talk about lawyers, because lawyers are always talking, um, is that the best lawyers also know how to listen. Yes. Right? You need to have some empathy. You need to be able to listen. You need to be able to communicate with others in a way that makes them want to communicate with you. Uh, and so we look, we look for that in our, our students. Um, we want our students to be uh, passionate about what they do. We want them to care about public service, no matter what type of law they decide to practice, because giving back to the community is something we all take um, very seriously. Um, And we also look for someone who knows how to fail, right, who's willing to take the risks 
so much so, strategic risks, of course, right. um, and push themselves. And if, when you do that, when you take strategic risks and when you push yourself to do something, it is inevitable that you'll make a mistake. Um, and we want students who are able to make those mistakes, pick themselves up again, try to figure out what went wrong, and then do it again. Yes. Right? So having grit, having the ability to, to continue to work hard, challenge oneself, and not give up. Yes. Like that's the type of student we want. I was going to say resilience and grit, you know? Resilience. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Having resilience. Exactly. Right. right. Which carries through the, through everything in life. Absolutely. You know? Is there anything else you would like uh, people who are listening to know about you and the program at UCI? Um, I guess the only thing I want to say more about the program at UCI is I've already talked about our culture. I've already talked about how we prepare students. Um, but I also want to give a shout out to all of our incredible uh, senior administrators and our staff and our greater UCI um, community, the, the greater business community and public interest community. They have been, all of them, so critical in the success of a law school, so critical in the success of our students. Um, and we just couldn't be the special, unique school that we are without the support of our administrators, our staff, and the broader uh, Orange County community. Fantastic. And if people want more information about you and the School of Law, where can they go? Um, they can go on our, our website, um, law.uci.edu. There's a fabulous website created by uh, our assistant dean, Colleen Terracani, and the people that she works with. Uh, they can find all the information about UCI, about all of our faculty, about our students, the amazing events we do. It's all, it's all there. Fantastic. Dean Song Richardson, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. It's been wonderful. Thank you so much. My pleasure. If you missed any part of this, everything is up on my show blog, getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org. If you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine.